morning and welcome to Central Baptist Church. Keep coming in, keep coming in. Let's stand together, please, and take your hymnal. Turn to page number 195. 195. We're going to join in with the choir on glory to his name. He deserves the glory, so let's sing. Amen. Let's just sing that first verse again. 195. Glory to his name. Down at the cross where my Savior died. Down where for cleansing from sin I cried. So despised by the world. 
Let them know you're glad to see them here in the Lord's house. Jesus than silver or gold I'd rather be his than have riches untold I'd rather have Jesus than houses or Jesus, when what 
Jesus Christ ought to be the greatest pursuit of our lives. Amen? So good to see you this morning. If you're visiting with us this morning, let me get you to raise your hand nice and high. Any first-time visitors? All right, so good to see each of you. I just have one announcement. Senior breakfast this coming Thursday, and we will be going back to Eagle Lake Diner at 815. So seniors, if you are 50 and wiser, we will see you there for pancakes or whatever it else that you want to get. Good to see you this morning. All right, if you will, let's turn to number 431, number 431, 431, save, save. I found a friend who is all to me, his love. Continue to pray for Brother King. He had his surgery this past week, and he's home now, but still in need of our prayers. Good to have Pat and their daughter, their daughter here this morning. Right? Daughter, isn't it? Yeah, okay. And um, so we're, we're glad to see you this morning. Good you could be here and help Mama out while uh, Brother Jim's not doing well. All right, let's bow our heads and ask the Lord to bless the offering and the continuance of our service this morning. Brother Puckett, would you lead us in prayer?
big hand to those ladies. Wasn't that great? I tell you. Open your Bibles to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 28. A couple of Sundays ago, I preaching from Leviticus. I said, open your Bibles to the second book of the Bible. I don't know why I said that, but it's actually the third. This time, you'll just have to find it by yourself. I'm not going to tell you which one it is. first five books of the Bible, of course, written by Moses. He was the human author. It's called the Pentateuch. And these books, all five of these books were written before the Jews went into the Promised Land, into Canaan Land. And that was uh, some 600 years after creation. And this is another reason that you have to you have to know the Bible is inspired by God because Moses wasn't there at creation, but but he wrote he gave all the details of it because God gave it to him, told him what to write. Deuteronomy 28. We're going to kind of skip through. This is a long chapter, so let's look first of all at verses one and two. Deuteronomy 28, verses one and two. And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. And all these things shall come on thee and overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Now drop down to verse 15. And then, of course, he, he begins to list all the blessings of God. If, you be, if you're obedient, all the blessings of God. And then in verse 15, But it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. And then he begins to list all the curses and and uh, you, you'll need to read the rest of that uh, sometime later. We don't have the time here this morning. But uh, then turn over to chapter 30. And verse 19. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life, that thou and thy seed may live. For years, preachers have warned from their pulpits that America is heading toward the judgment of God. I have preached oftentimes about the fact that God had removed his hand of blessing from America. But it struck me as I was reading this passage this past week that, that it's either one or the other. It can't just be that God has removed his blessings because if that, if that has happened, then it means then that that country or that people are under the curse. There's, there, you can't have both ways. You're either under the blessings of God or you're under the curse of God. And according to the Bible, 
the judgment of God is already here. And I'm going to show you that why that's true and how that judgment is already at work in this country. As I said, there, with God, there are only two choices. Either We either live under his blessing or we live under his curse. And obviously, that, that choice is ours. God's blessings come from obedience to his word. His curse comes from disobedience. Now, the Bible teaches that curses are very real. They can, they can follow a person or a nation for generations, finally breaking them spiritually. In Proverbs chapter 26, and verse 2, it says, Like a flitting sparrow, like a flying swallow, so a curse without cause shall not alight. That is, any time there's a curse, there was a reason for it. It was deserved. Because he said here that a curse without a cause shall not alight. That is, it won't, it won't happen, it won't settle on anybody. Now, the Genesis curse is an example of a curse that plagues all mankind. When Adam and Eve sinned by partaking of the forbidden fruit, God spoke the curse into existence. God cursed the ground. He cursed the woman. He cursed the man. He cursed the serpent and Satan. It was a curse that changed mankind forever. The ground was cursed so that it produces thorns and thistles, weeds and crabgrass, and, and, that, and that curse exists to this day. All you have to do to prove that is just to try to have a good lawn, amen? And so as a nation, America is under the curse of God even now. Look at the scripture and decide for yourself. The stand that we have taken on abortion, the stand we've taken against God in our school classrooms, in our courthouses, in our government, it may have sealed our doom. Deuteronomy, verse, here in chapter 30, verse 19, God said, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. It is only through God's power and God's anointing touch can America be saved. So I want us to, uh, to look at some things here that as we pick out, pick out of this chapter about the uh, curse of God. Uh, David wrote in Psalm chapter 15, verse 22, consider, consider this, ye that forget God, lest I tear you in pieces and there be none to deliver. And I assure you that that stands for America today. The spirit of this new generation is born in the movie and television studios of Hollywood where macho violence is romanticized, where Satan is Lord and witchcraft is the source of power. America's new generation has seen Jesus Christ portrayed as a demonized, lust-driven, spineless buffoon in such movies as The Last Temptation of Christ. Hollywood continues to show its hatred towards God because Hollywood hates Christianity. Uh, people sometimes will ask me, said, did you see this movie or that movie talking about a supposedly Christian movie? 
I said, no, I won't waste my time on anything that Hollywood puts out. Because even if it's supposed to be a Christian movie, it, it, it is going to be uh, corrupted by the minds that make, they make those things up. Hollywood, the movie industry, the TV industry, the industry of gluttony, motivated by money and pride, a cancer that eats at the soul of the country. During the release of The Last Temptation of Christ, 25,000 Christians gathered in front of Universal Studios to protest the sacrilege. The movie mongrels of America and their media stooges categorized these Bible-carrying demonstrators as the lunatic fringe of religious fanaticism or right-wing extremist. The Detroit Free Press called these Christians the American ignoramus faction, fun-loving people full of self-righteous bile. That's the way the world looks at us. That's the way the world looks at true Christianity. In, in contrast to that, consider how Hollywood and the secular media responded to concerns by animal rights activists. In 1990, such activists demanded that Disney Studios eliminate a scene from the movie White Fang. They considered the movie to have an anti-wolf theme. The film showed a man being attacked by an unprovoked wolf. Activists claimed that this would never happen. There was no scientific evidence to support that a wolf would behave in such a way. That means that it's much more popular in America to be anti-Christ than to be anti-wolf. What do you think would happen if any minority group in America other than Christians would be so reviled and miscast? The makers of such a movie would be swimming in lawsuits and making mountains of apologies and settlements. Christianity bashing, Christian bashing, is considered an art form in Hollywood and actually throughout, throughout, throughout America. Christianity and morality are not only losing in the movie theaters, the same thing is now running through American popular music. The young gangsters who have taken over America's streets use violent rap music for their inspiration. Time Warner produced the hit song, Cop Killer, which encouraged a New York youth to murder a policeman in cold blood. Rock music in general often promotes drug abuse, Satanism, rape, murder, and suicide. Television has become the most prominent teacher of our children in America. And I might add to that, cell phones. Many parents who don't have time for their children, they simply place them in front of the television set. I've read that the average child will spend more than 48 hours a week watching television. It has become the great babysitter, teacher, and brainwasher. The outcome is a generation filled with violence, lust, greed, witchcraft, and fear. Meanwhile, American parents ignorantly sit by, sit by and 
let strangers teach and control their children every single day through the medium of television and cell phones and computers. The time has come for Christian parents to become the stewards and the watchdogs of their children. I don't think there's anything wrong with a parent knowing what their child's watching on that cell phone, what they're, what they, what they're bringing up on that cell phone. Uh, parents, you're supposed to be in charge of your children. There's a curse on America. There's a curse also on the home. As we read here, read further down in this remarkable 28th chapter of Deuteronomy, Moses outlines the curses that he'll place, that God will place on a people or a nation that's disobedient to him. It's a frightening litany of evil that begins in the home. It moves to the city and eventually affects the economy of a whole nation. Now notice in, here in verse 30, it says, Thou shalt betroth a wife, and another man shall lie with her. Thou shalt build a house, and thou shalt not dwell therein. Thou shalt plant a vineyard, and shalt not gather the grapes thereof. The future of America is not, not going to be determined by politicians in Washington, D.C., but by godly parents in the home, teaching their children the precepts of the Word of God. Our children must know the teachings of, of, of uh, righteousness and truth and, and integrity before they, can, before they can apply these principles to their lives and country. This is the foundation of which, which America can stand. Uh, anymore, you, you, can't, you can't mention the name of Jesus in the schoolroom. You can't have a Bible in the schoolroom. And back when I was in, in high school, even in high school, in my senior year in high school, we still, the teacher in our, what they call the homeroom class, your first period of the day, teacher had a Bible, the King James Version of the Bible, lying on her desk. We would begin the day by reading a portion out of that King James Bible. And then we would have prayer. And then we would pledge allegiance to the flag. You see, there, there were, these things that were being taught in the schools can no longer be taught there. That means, parents, that you have a double obligation to teach them that in the home. They're not getting it in the school unless they're in a Christian school. And even, even sometimes you've got to be careful about, about that also. But... America, that was back whenever the hand of God, the blessing of God was on America because we were being obedient to the word of God at that time. I know, I know that not everybody in America was saved. They were not Christian. But, but the, the, the thinking back then was toward the Bible and, and what the Bible teaches, what the Bible, uh, the Bible principles Here in describing God's curse against a disobedient people, Moses warns in verse 32, Thy sons and thy daughters shall be given to another people, and thine eyes shall look and fail with longing for them all day long. 
does America enjoy her children today? And I'm not talking about you and me, but I'm talking about just America. I'm talking about Americans. I'm talking about people in general. Do they, do they enjoy their children? The answer is no. The answer is, is no. Home Alone is not just a movie. It's a subconscious parody of a national tragedy. Child abuse is a national shame. Vile, wicked child pornography is a vicious, multi-billion dollar industry in our country. Meanwhile, nude pictures of children in various adult poses are subsidized by grants offered by our government and labeled by the media as art. Folks, that's your tax dollars at work. Do we enjoy our children? Ask the thousands of missing children whose faces appear on milk cartons that question. It seems that when a child is born in America, a host of evils are anxiously awaiting. Drug pushers, molesters, Satanists, feminists, even our government awaits their arrival as they dictate the humanistic teachings in our schools. Forty years ago, people bleed in a real devil. Today, hundreds of thousands of them worship him. Then notice, look back in verse, verse 17. Cursed be thy basket and thy store. He's talking there about the economy. He's talking about groceries and gasoline and clothes and, and all of these things, all, all of these things that, that make up the economy of our nation. We're, we're looming on the horizon of the greatest economic crisis that we have faced since independence. For years, the federal government has been spending money that it didn't have. And the result is that one, the once richest country in the world now faces a, an uncertain financial future simply because our government couldn't control its own spending. Several years ago, the Grace Commission conducted an in-depth study to show how America spends its money. It found that for every dollar in new taxes, the government spends a dollar and 80 cents. That's almost twice as much as they're taking in. Now, you know, as a family, you men you, and ladies, that, that you keep the checkbook, you keep the, your uh, financial account, uh, you know that if you spend twice what's coming in, that's not going to work. When your outcome, when your outgo is more than your income, your downfall will be your whatever. I don't remember what else it is, but you can't spend more than you make. Now notice in verse 21, the Lord will make, will make the plagues cleave unto thee until he hath consumed thee from the land. Do you know what, you know what a plague, you know what a plague is? Another word is pestilence. You know what that is? Did you ever hear of COVID-19? That's a pestilence. 
that's a plague. Listen, uh, you, you might as well get used to that because there'll be more. That's not the end. There'll be more because Jesus said in Matthew 24 that in the last days there's going to be pestilences, plural. So there, do you believe we're in the last days? I do. So there's going to be more. This is not the end of it. Plagues, God said, why? Why, why do we have that? Because of disobedience. Because we're not obeying God. We're not looking into his word and obeying what he tells us to do. Then look at verse 43. Verse 43, the stranger that is with thee, and that word stranger, that means foreigner. The foreigner that is within thee shall get up above thee very high, and thou shalt come down very low. True Americans are, become, are going to be in servitude to foreigners. And, and to a large degree, that's already true in America. How many of the how many of the restaurants? How many of the grocery stores? How many uh, how many of the business places are owned by foreigners? You've seen on the news lately that that China is buying up thousands of acres of land here in America. Our, we we have we have greedy greedy merchants that are willing to sell their business to 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 the Chinese the Chinese government. Did you know that the Chinese government owns General Electric? Every time you buy a, 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 an appliance that's put out by General Electric, you're putting money into China's coffers. Smithfield, how many of ever eaten Smithfield bacon? That company is owned by China. And there's a list, you go down, there's a list of the American companies that have been bought out by by the Chinese government. Why are they doing that? It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out, does it? This is not in my notes, but I will, I will, just, I will just give this for free. The, the situation at our southern border is a national disgrace. I mean, can you think of any more, young people, forgive me for using this word, stupid. My grandkids don't like when we use that word, stupid. But can you think of any more stupid thing that a nation could do? There's no other nation on earth that would throw open their borders and let just anybody come in at once to. If you, if you believe that you can do that in another nation, just try it. And you'll be stopped. And sent back. Foreign countries currently buying our land, businesses, our real estate and industry out from under our feet. We're not in control of America's economic destiny. Other countries are. I had a point in here about the Federal Reserve that I don't have the time to get to, but you probably have heard about it anyway. But solutions, listen, Christians, 
solutions don't rest with our Congress or national leaders. It rests solely with the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, Christians. The Bible tells us in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, and verse 14, if my people, it's God talking, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. That's our call to return to absolute loyalty to the word of God. It's our only hope to take our country out of the hands of the foreign powers that are holding us hostage. You know, I know there's some people say, oh, no, but that just applies to Israel. That, that's in the Old Testament. That just applies to Israel. Well, my Bible tells me in the New Testament, all of these things in the Old Testament are for our learning and admonition. You know what the word admonition means? And the Bible says these things are given as in samples or examples for us to follow. If it applied to Israel back then, it applies to America today. In our call into absolute loyalty to God, we must as a nation stand up for that which is right and clearly oppose the wrong. Remember, God is watching, and he's the one you better be fearing. When a, when a president stands before a nation and calls for homosexuals to be legally acknowledged by allowing them into the military, and by, and by considering homosexuality as a civil right, we as a nation need to rise up and let them hear our voices. While we have great love for every single human being, that behavior is an abomination under the word of God. We will not accept it. When Hillary Clinton calls for the children to have the right to sue their parents for divorce, we must let her hear our voice. Not, not going to happen. The Bible says, children, honor your father and mother that your days may be long upon the earth. If the welfare department continues to tax men who work and then give money to men who can work but will not work, we must take a stand against it and let the nation's leaders hear our voices know the man who does not work will not eat. We must take, make the word of God known to our children, known to our neighbors, known to our politicians. It's our only hope. We have, we have sat back too long and not let our voices be heard. Now, has America been obedient? The answer is obvious. America's number one problem is not the economy, it's not the crime rate, it's not our corrupt politicians. America's number one problem is the judgment of God because God hates sin and America is saturated with it. The solution is not in the hands of our politicians, our Congress, our government. It's not in the White House. Our only solution is in the hands of every believing Christian who has the faith to pray and believe that once again God can bless America and raise her up as a testimony to the world. God is the only one who can save us.
In Genesis, he scooped up a handful of dirt and he breathed into it and man became a living soul. The God that we serve is the creator, our Lord and our master. He is the only God and he is our only salvation. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man, do you hear that? No man cometh unto the Father but by me. There's only one way of salvation. That's through Jesus Christ. Would you stand, please, with your heads bowed?